Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Sans Pants Radio. Simulation terminated. Simulation terminated. Simulation. Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons podcast, where today I watch Rubik the Amazing Cube with Reed Ashley. Reed is a trans guy whose pronouns are he, him. You can check out this podcast and all other shows on the Sans Pants Network at sanspantsradio.com. And if you like this episode, don't forget to leave us a positive review on iTunes. Or maybe let me know on Twitter. My handle is at StopTweetingMia. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to Cynical Cartoons for another week. As always, I'm Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm here if you need to talk. Hello, my name is Rubik. Hold me close a little Lion King. No! Fucker. <laughs> Why are you making everything about the Lion King? You absolute because freak. Because Elton John sang all the songs in the Lion King. You're an absolute fucking freak. <laughs> I don't I hate it so much. I hate it no, so much. No, you don't. You love no, it. No, I don't. I genuinely don't like it. Read it's 6.45 in the morning. It's really early. Yeah, this is your fault. I'll air it all out on the podcast. Last night we tried to record an episode <laughs> and I had a legit three and a half hour panic attack. Yeah. It wasn't fun. And so instead I woke up at six o'clock in the morning today. And woke me I up. I woke up at five o'clock in the morning, actually. <laughs> yeah, but you woke me up at six o'clock in the morning and you're um, like, let's do the podcast. Read. Let's do the podcast. So. If we sound a little, fucking a little froggy, sleepy, (laughs) it's because it's six in the morning and I woke up twenty minutes ago. Yeah, if we sound like we shouldn't be talking about Rubik the Amazing Cube this early, (laughs) that's that. This is why you're a set dresser at Robot Chicken. You're working on season ten right now. Yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. What? (laughs) I'll ask my director before the episode goes out if I'm allowed to say. Okay, and then we'll talk about it for five minutes, and then I'll have to cut that entire five minutes. No, we can we can talk about Robot Chicken. We can say that I have worked on Robot Chicken. I think you're allowed to say that. I think I'm allowed to say that considering the director was sending out pictures of one of the puppets that looked terrifying to like friends as, as a joke. Right. Um, so I saw I, that. Yeah, I know. Is that breaking <laughs> NDA like, to say that you showed me a picture of it? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably not. No, you signed an NDA too. So what is that like? Like being a, a set dresser on a stop motion animated show? Like Robot Chicken is probably the most prolific stop motion animated TV show of all time? Like question mark, because I don't know, but I can't think of one that like eclipses it. It's been running for This is the 10th years. season. Yeah. yeah. We just started working on the 200th episode. Mm-hmm. And you guys do an episode in like 20 minutes, right? Uh-huh. You, you do it in real time. <laughs> uh-huh. It's very like fast paced. It's very different from a lot of like other stop motion productions just because everything is so short. So like for a lot of, for a lot of stop motion stuff, when you make it, it's like, oh, I built a set. This is going to be a place in this story that we're going to come back to because that's how like most, you know, shows work. It's like, oh, this is this main character's house. This is like the school. And then you like come back to those sets. But Robot Chicken is nothing like that. 
Um, so they burn the sets. After yeah, yeah. They them. actually. Well, no, they actually they got a like big fire in the back. They recycle everything. We reuse props constantly. We reuse like walls constantly. Like they'll just like repaint them a different color and send them back. And everything has to be built very modular, so that we can like put it up really quickly and take it down really quickly. And that's my job is to like set everything up, glue everything down, make sure everything looks like great on camera. Right. I'm the last one to make sure that like everything looks great on camera and is like good to go for the show. It's great. It's a really fast paced job, but it's a really fun show to work on because everyone's like super blase and there's just like the occasional like puppet dick out. They're just like naked puppets because. And you work with a lot of puppets. I don't touch There's the puppets. Tony. Oh, I meant oh. I meant your coworkers. Uh huh. They're just walking around with their dicks with their out. Dicks out. Yeah, and that was one of your first jobs in the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Like your first was. thing was an internship at Robot Chicken, working on season nine. Yeah, and then I worked as a set dresser for a month, and then I went back to school. Yeah, so it's great. Cool. It's great. Um, I'm very young. Yeah, I had my birthday on Monday, and several people like jokingly asked my age or joked that I was. I had my um the like head of the art department he was like happy birthday i was like oh it's actually yesterday and he's like dang it and I'm like that's fine he's like how old did you turn 21 and i was like no i turned 23 and he's like oh my god i was joking <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is just like, how old super, do people think that you are i don't know like 25 like 27 somewhere okay, that's, that, that's, that first one you said is not unreasonable that's only two years older than you actually I know. are okay i know and that's i know it was i mean just i'm like, 25 no, it was just funny. Like I like told one of the camera guys, it's like, oh, like how how old are you? And I was like, oh, I'm 23. And he's like, wow, that is at least two years younger than I thought you were. Right. Because most of the people who work in the industry are 30 and up. You know, like 27 is young to be working there. Yeah, I mean that's a weird thing. Is like like aside from this, like my main job is as a podcast producer. Like mm-hmm. I've worked for some really big shows, and I sit there on the couch next to people and they're just shocked that I'm doing this at 25. Like, yeah, I'm killing it. It's great to be prolific. You're doing good too. It's great to be. You're all right. Oh, I'm all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I guess. Reed, we live together. We live together. And, and we're dating. And we're, <laughs> Did we talk oh, yeah. about that on the show? Yeah. I forgot about that. Did we talk hmm. about? No, no, we no, did no, not. We, no, we didn't talk <laughs> we about that on the show. Yeah, no, so we met at Upstart where I used to live before we moved in together. Mm-hmm. We lived with 33 other people. Mm-hmm. At capacity. Usually it was only like 27. That's not which true. Isn't so Usually bad. it was like 30 <laughs> and there were like a couple open beds. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, it was crazy. It's it's this place in Hollywood. We lived with a lot of people. Each of us shared a room with like six or seven other people. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that that we met at Upstart. The day that we met and like became friends was the day that we moved in together. Yeah, because I've had some people be like, oh, you guys are moving so fast. You live together? And I'm like, well... <laughs> Well, we moved so fast, literally before we met. It was an arranged relationship. <laughs> when we met, yeah, it's not really something I've talked about on the show much. Like me and you have both been so much in flux with like sexuality and with gender stuff, like since before we met. Like I, I haven't talked about it on the show, but I've known that I wasn't cis for a really long time, mm-hmm. like a really long time, like 10 years. Mm-hmm. But that just wasn't something that I felt like I could deal with until... I moved to LA. I met other queer people. I sort of saw what that's like in practice, in functionality, mm-hmm. and met other trans people and was like, oh, okay, this is something that I can be. Right. This is something you're allowed to be. Yeah. And so it was weird. Like when we met, you identified as non binary. Uh-huh. You now identify as, as a trans man. Yeah. 
and like identified as a lesbian. And I thought I, I didn't say I was a cis guy, but functionally I was just like a cis bi guy. Right. And so that just didn't seem like a relationship that would <laughs> be possible. And I, I've said, I've said it before. I felt like I was like doing like a shitty chasing Amy thing. Mm-hmm. Like the guy in chasing Amy, like falls in love with a lesbian and he's a straight guy. And he's like, I'm going to like make her fall in love with me. Cause I love her so fucking much. And then he, I'm doing a strangle motion with my mm-hmm. hands. That's mm-hmm. not what he does in the movie. <laughs> but emotionally he does that. Yeah. But that really wasn't Through his action. What it was. We just both have very fluid sexuality. Yeah. I think Oh, I'm very pan. Yeah. At this point in my life, I'm very pan. I figured my shit out. The lesbian phase was important. It was four months of my life. <laughs> my four-month lesbian phase. It's so funny that you say lesbian phase because I think a lot of the time when people think lesbian phase, they're like, oh, a girl who dates girls in college and then goes back to dating guys afterwards. Yeah, and that's absolutely not no, what we, we We went the other way with it. <laughs> yeah. We started dating. You came out as trans. And then I got confused again. But at that point... <laughs> At that point, like, I had already, you know, figured out that a lot of the reason why I was identifying as a lesbian was just because of, like, my dynamic. It had everything to do with, like, my gender identity. And I figured out that I was just as uncomfortable around women treating me as a woman as I was men treating me as a woman. Right. And that was the problem is I was like, maybe it's been the men all along, but it's just, like, my gender identity had everything to do with it. I mean, like, I've changed labels a lot in the past year You know, Mm -hmm. so I was like, I'm a bisexual cis woman. I'm a bisexual non-binary. I'm lesbian non-binary. I'm not not bisexual non-binary again. Right. Oh, I'm like a pan trans man. I'm just very femme. So it just was confusing. It took me a while to get to like masculine identity and my sexuality, but I've figured it out, you know. Right. And And it might change. I think that's something. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something... (laughs) You come back on the podcast in six months and you're like, I'm a cis woman now. <laughs> That's disgusting. I've I was already on testosterone started testosterone for three yeah. months, but that was weird. I'm cis. Don't joke about that. That's not funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. No, trans doubt is so real. It's not. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's transition out of that transition I'm talk f- into Rubik the Amazing Cube. You're disgusting. This is a cartoon from 1980. Wow. 1983. 1983. Okay. This shit is wild. So this is this is like a follow-up to a very old podcast episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. did this like way back in the day. Uh, I think that was my first episode I did with any Sans Pants crew mm-hmm. at all. And now I'm on the network. Mm-hmm. So That's cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, origin stories. You know, back when like I made my voice super deep, uh, I wasn't <laughs> compensating for anything. I wasn't going to talk know. about uh, it, but well, you did. So. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean it, it, it balanced out as the episode went on. It was just the beginning you were talking really deep. And then at the end, uh, by the end, you were like talking normally. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird thing I haven't really talked about on the show, but I feel like there's a lot of technical things early on in the podcast Mm -hmm. that I am absolutely mortified by. I mean, you know, (laughs) like uh, bad editing skills and things like that that you learn eventually is one thing that can be totally forgiven. Like I learned on the fly. I taught myself everything I know about podcasting. But, you know, like making my voice deeper to compensate for feeling weird about gender things that I couldn't really express or even explore at that point in my life. Oh, Mia. You you told me to listen to that episode. Yeah, just so that we didn't, like, tread all the same territory. I mean, people right. should 
go listen back to it. That's the thing. That's I think really it, I funny. still think it's funny. Right. And Jackson no. and Joel were much better than me at that point. I was so early on in my podcasting career. <laughs> it was one of those things where I like started up the episode and then I heard your voice and I live with you. So I know what you sound like. Like, right. I feel like, I feel like a normal listener, you know, someone who hasn't listened to you talk literally every single day who just like heard that episode would be like, oh yeah, this is fine. But I live with you and I know what you sound like. I mean, yeah, the podcast has gone through a lot of changes. I've been doing it for four or five years, you know, and like when I started, I was still in college. I was still drinking every day. Oh, God. (laughs) I was um, 50 pounds heavier. Uh These all sound like jokes. These are not jokes. (laughs) This is the reality reality of what my life was like. Anyway. Come a long way and here you are. So today we watched Rubik the Amazing Cube, the episode Super Powered Lisa. This is on YouTube. Basically, Rubik the Amazing Cube, for anybody who doesn't know, he's a magic Rubik cube who fell off of a stagecoach driven by a wizard and was found by children, three Hispanic kids, who assembled him, like did the cube, and then he became a gremlin <laughs> that talks like this all the time. Hey, I'm Rubik. It's not quite that bad, but it's pretty bad. It's pretty close to that. What he does. I think that was a pretty pretty solid impression. Uh-huh. And then he like does that in the background too. He's got like a little creepy fucking smiling gremlin face. It's very 80s. It's a very like classic like 80s creature, like the way they draw like the eyebrows. He's got feet, but I don't think he has arms. His no, he doesn't. But his feet are so fucking funny because they're like drawn like like the shape of feet. But then for some reason they're like we got to put perspective lines on this. We have to like make them look like the cube. Right. They're like coming off of the blue side of the cube. Yeah. Also, like like okay. So the the part you talked about is like part of the intro, like where they like show you know how like in cartoons they'll have like that thirty second intro and they'll be like here's everything you need to know about the entirety of the cartoon in this thirty seconds. Here's the premise. Here you go. Here's it's what you're a watching. Mysterious night. Right. Something happens. Yeah. And magic. Yeah. And so they just like. And the Rubik's cube falls off the stage. Coach, kids find him. Rubik <laughs> magic. In that intro, you immediately realize how cool it was to the animators that they would animate a fucking cube in perspective. Mm-hmm. Like because there's this. <laughs> This is the portion where they, where he solves it is so fucking funny because he just takes it and like crushes it like the kid, the oldest kid, just like crushes it into a ball and then pulls his hand out and it's complete. Right. And they clearly were like, no, phone this in. Like, phone, absolutely not. Like, just fucking do it. I don't care. Just like make it work. It's fine. We have $2. Do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. This is a Ruby Spears production. So it's bad. What else? I think I think they were the people that made Turbo Teen. They made the Mr. T cartoon. If I'm remembering correctly, I mean, this is all stuff that we like, talked about back when we did the Turbo Teen episode, me and you, mm-hmm. back in October-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with positives. This show is very, entertaining. It, it's very, it's very entertaining. entertaining. It's so much fun. There's three episodes on YouTube. I recommend everybody goes and watches I'm this. I'm so intrigued. I can't look away. It's It's insane. Like, our first time watching this episode, we paused it. Every 10 seconds to take notes. <laughs> Literally, it's so packed with horse shit. Yeah. It's so much fun. Very diverse. That's the thing. For an 80s cartoon, like to feature three Hispanic kids, 
their asexual Rubik's Cube. You know, there was like an Asian TV reporter, a black TV reporter. Like, it is very diverse. And those are decisions that in animation, people had to make that choice and say, I'm going to fight for this character to be Asian. Yeah, I really want to know if the voice actors, are the voice actors Hispanic? They must, they, they had to be white, but I don't know. I just really want to know because their accents are so wild that it's one of those things where it's like, are these, are these voiced by Hispanic people or are these white people doing really comic? Okay. Well, you didn't watch the episode that I watched with Jackson and Joel. No. Because the, the, the Mexican banditos in that episode who steal a truck full of Christmas presents are insane racial stereotypes. Mm -hmm. They, they were just wild. Carlos, the middle brother is played by Michael Sasuedo, mm-hmm. who's Hispanic. Jennifer Fajardo plays Lisa. How is her prolific, I'm sure, voice acting career? Because, oh my God, she was definitely the best voice actor. She was in Rubik the Amazing Cube as Lisa, and she played Polynesian Girl in Buddy Buddy. Background character must have been. And then Michael Bell plays... Ronaldo, the oldest brother. And he was in Transformers. He was in G.I. Joe. He was in Sonic the Hedgehog. He was born in 1938. So at this point, he is a like 58-year-old white man with a mustache. The oldest brother? The oldest brother. Okay, yeah. so he's the only one who actually speaks in Spanish. I, I wrote this down in my notes because it like struck me that like he's him and like some of the like villains are the only ones who actually use like Spanish words when right. they're talking. Right. Like he'll just like once in a while be like, El Hermanito. But that's a good thing. Like, oh, I even, know. even if it is a white voice actor playing that character, like to in the 80s. normalize that culture through the the medium of the Rubik's Cube cartoon. I guess I feel like they could take that risk because there wasn't much of a risk to be taken because yeah. they spent $2 on the show. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> I mean, and it's really funny because I've watched I've watched three episodes of the show now. Every episode is the same exact formula. Mm. It's like weird old men that want to destroy the children's home or steal the giant like sacred crystal from the Hawaiian island or steal the truck full of Christmas presents. The kids try to stop them on their own for some reason. And then in the end, Rubik just like turns the bad guys into like giant chickens or like puts them inside a cement mixer or something and just like horribly mutilates them. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) That's every week of this cartoon. I wish that I had more to watch. Yeah. I would would just do the entire podcast about Rubik the Amazing Cube, honestly, if I could. Like the one minute breakdown podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Rubik minute. Rubik minute. Yeah. (laughs) This episode starts with one of the worst shots I've ever seen of like the cul-de-sac uh-huh. and they like clearly had two different drawings that they had to tie together with that camera. It's so nasty. And like what an incredible beginning of just like here's this really long supposedly like impressive camera movement and half of it is just dark tree. Mm-hmm. And it's disgusting, and I hate it. What do you mean supposedly really impressive? Because who's calling it impressive? Well, like, like it's supposed to be like that classic like camera move establishing shot from above. Right. But it just makes... Establishing that they live in a house. Yeah. (laughs) Very important. And it's daytime, Uh and there's a mailman for some... Wait, why does that... Why even did they have that at the beginning? 
I don't know. Okay. I mean, who even, you, you can't question these kinds of things. You know, you'll just, you'll just walk around in circles for hours and days at a time. The mailman is interesting to me. Lisa is inside the house. She's watching TV and just being a, a cute little kid. She's like watching Power Girl on the TV. That's her favorite superhero. And she's like playing around with the dog. And the mailman walks by outside. He's like, oh, ho, 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 that's Lisa. And then and he, he like walks away. Yeah, this is the mailman. <laughs> he never yeah, he gets returns. hit by a big rock. <laughs> I mean, and honestly, good. Because the mailman should not be walking around sneaking into like people's windows watching their children play with the dog. He's very familiar. They're just like such characters of the neighborhood. I mean, he knows everybody's names, but like you get the impression that he's never talked to these people. Yeah. He just reads the mail and he's like, Lisa, huh? Oh, so Lisa's the dog. He's got like a spreadsheet. Uh, Oh, so Lisa's the daughter. The dog is named Fido. You've got Ronaldo um, and Carlos. um, Um, the dog's name is Sparky. So fuck off. (laughs) Clearly, you did not watch the the mailman knows about Rubik. Maybe he's like the villain of the series. Maybe he's always trying to like he's the, get, he's the, the magician. Get the cube. Yeah, in they disguise. like find out what a twist, <laughs> what a twist that they definitely incorporated into this episodic show. Listen, we'll never know. Mm, that's true. Because there's three episodes available on YouTube, and it's not like this will ever come to DVD. Like Ruby Spears must be a defunct company by now. I'm sure we can find the film somewhere. The Blu-ray remastered. <laughs> I'll talk to my animation teacher. He's an animation historian. Oh, that's good. Do you think he he catalogs things like Rubik the Amazing Cube and Turbo Teen? Because I would love. So, listen, please tell him when my birthday is. I would love. <laughs> I would love to talk to him about these old shitty episodes to see what he has to say because he was like he in was, his forties, probably. He's in. I his mean, I'm late imagining 40s. an old man. Yeah, yeah, he's in his late forties now. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So, so he was like a kid then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he's like he would he worked on a lot of stuff in like the late nineties, early two thousands, and he knows a lot of old people. Like he he's not, he knows a he lot. He knows of, a lot of old people. He knows a lot of old people. Well, that's good. Who would, who have worked on this type? Who have like worked on these type of shows? Like he's worked on really shitty things, and right. I would just love to hear him talk about. His, you know, it's like the anime is like, well, it's a paycheck. Like right. it's gonna pay, and animation doesn't always pay. So do you think you there's do you anybody do. involved with Rubik the Amazing Cube that wasn't saying constantly, "Well, it's a paycheck." It's a paycheck. No, <laughs> even the voice actors were like, "We're the phoning kids, this shit." In. You don't think they thought this was their big break on Rubik the Amazing Cube? Oh my god, these poor children. Were the, were the voice actors kids when they when they recorded it? Was Lisa? I don't know. She sounded. She read them like a child. Yeah. Like she, I don't know. I'm seven. Where, yeah, where yeah. You she, sound like a seven year old. You sound like a real kid. Yeah, like all of the dialogue. Not a forty five year old man playing fourteen. <laughs> all of the dialogue, which is like, oh, Sparky, my dog. Oh, I love you so much. It's either a really, really little kid or a really, really old woman. <laughs> so Lisa is watching her like. It must be like public domain cartoon on TV. Like they can't afford the real channels where the Justice League cartoon and Spider-Man wow, and stuff are playing. to say that they can't afford She's it. She's watching Power Girl, right. but not like like the real Power Girl from the comics. She's watching like a weird non-union equivalent. I just love that they like had to have exposition for this character that's obviously like the most generic superhero in the world. Like they had to have her like watch it on TV and be like, Look at I this. love Power Girl. I Everybody love... loves Power Girl. Yeah. She's so popular. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, everyone loves this superhero that we've definitely talked about. Here's the exposition right now. Right. Everybody in the cartoon knows Power Girl. Do you think that she's, like, breaching contract by being Power... Because Rubik turns her into Power Girl. That's the plot of the episode. He gives her superpowers. Yeah. Do you think that she's going to have the lawyers breathing down her neck? Yeah, for, like, false representation of Power Girl. Yeah, Probably. saving an orphanage. Yeah, saving. False representation. No, just just IP in general. Definitely. It's shady territory. Definitely. She's she's definitely going to have trouble with that. The thing that really struck me throughout this episode is nobody, like almost no one in this episode is like, when they're like, when she's interacting with the kids, when she's interacting with most of the adults except for like one villain. Right. Everyone's like, yes, this seven-year-old is definitely this adult woman I yeah, see in a cartoon. The nobody realizes she's a kid until later on she's like, I gotta go tell my mom about this. And the bad guys are like, she's just a little kid. She's not power girl. She's just a <laughs> little girl is what he says. Not realizing that like, okay, first of all, how they draw the children in this is like, they just like scale down a normal adult adult proportions so they're uh-huh. so tiny <laughs> like all of the kids are just so small and they all come up to like belly like they're just so like tiny right so it's so absurd to me that they're like yes this is an adult woman how do you not know I mean, that the this villains is a baby? in the show are so dumb that's fair they're so dumb i mean everybody's so dumb yeah like the whole thing stupid is that Lisa sees, like, basically she's being Power Girl in a room. She's just, like, jumping around, like, messing with the dog. Basically torturing the dog. Okay. Like, she, she has also- the dog hogtied like a fucking damsel in distress <laughs> on the train tracks on her bed. And she's like, I'll save you, Sparky. And the dog's like. Yeah. He's, like, biting at the rope she has him tied up. It's fucked up. Yeah. I love that in the, like, establishing scene, they have the longest Ruth Goldsberg to, like, knock rubik like she like scares the dog the dog bumps into the wall the dog so that knocks down a bunch of books you mean and then rubik, that, a rubik goldberg machine mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that hits the other side of the wall right. and scares what's the oldest brother's name ronaldo ronaldo, ronaldo scares Carlos ronaldo. okay scares and ronaldo rubik. yeah and sparky Ru- yeah i got sparky too i got lisa sparky and rubik obviously okay. And he's like looking at some football plays because he's a boy, right? And it just like his oh, thing the rolls up. Dynamics in and the, this show. Oh my god! And then he gets scared and scares his brother, who like knocks down more books and then knocks Rubik into, into the into a fishbowl. And then Rubik can fly. Why the fuck does Rubik fall into a fucking fishbowl? He can fly. Maybe he was sleeping. Like, you hope that Rubik sleeps. If Rubik doesn't sleep and he's just, like, staying in these kids' room and they're, like, snoring away and he's like, Rubik wants to play. Oh, my God. Like, I don't... He's so disturbing in general. I don't like thinking about him not sleeping. He's just, like, floating in the corner of the room. Imagine, like, waking up. So when I was little, I used to have this Furby that would, like, glow in the dark that I got from McDonald's. Uh And I just had it in the corner of my room. And I, like, hated it so much that I, like, buried it in a time capsule at school. Like, I fucking hated that thing. I don't know (laughs) why I didn't just throw it away. No, I know. It's a time capsule. They're going to dig it up and mail it to you. They probably already did. And it's going to, like, just be, like, glowing looking at you. This was definitely... Reed put me in the side. It's definitely almost been 20 years, so they're probably oh, going to dig it up soon. <laughs> and it's just a fucking, a fucking Furby. <laughs> but like, I hated it so much. And the eyes glowed in the dark. And it was like, it was like I had it in a pet net in like the top corner of my room. And what I could is a see it net? from my bed. It's, it's a little net you hang up in the corner of your room where you put all your stuffed animals. Okay. 
So I, I just didn't had have a, that. I was raised as a boy, so yeah, I wasn't allowed to true. have toys. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had a lot of stuffed animals, and I had the Furby, and for I like I never buried it. I, at one point, I had turned it around. Mm-hmm. So just like the concept of like waking up in the middle of the night and Rubik is just like floating <laughs> in the corner of the room with like his eyes glowing, just yeah. like staring at you, and he's like, play. I mean, and the really terrifying thing about Rubik, I mean, it's a real child's play situation. Like, yeah. He's terrified. Yeah. And he does not understand how humanity works. Like, we talked a lot in the yeah. last episode that we did about Rubik the Amazing Cube about, like, his power set, his abilities. He's a godlike deity. <laughs> he's terrifying. But the thing about Rubik that's really scary to me on rewatching the show is that Rubik doesn't speak in complete sentences. Like, he seems to be, like, an eternal deity that was like put into the Rubik's cube. Like he's like a demon with powers and he was put in because the Rubik's cube was only invented in 1980, mm-hmm. three years before this cartoon was made. Mm-hmm. So either he was created with these powers in 1980 or he was implanted into the cube as his new mortal vessel. So he seems to be like an immortal, all powerful, long living being, but he can't really speak in complete sentences. Would he be scarier or less terrifying if he did like speak in full sentences. What I like to imagine, I would I would like to I would just like to propose this headcanon. Okay. In this universe, all Rubik's cubes have the potential to become Rubik. That's why no. they make them so hard to solve. <laughs> <laughs> so in this <laughs> That's fucked up. So all Rubik <laughs> all Rubik's cubes when they were manufactured were implanted with a soul that oh, had unlimited really power. Right. And so And they, and they're universe, all sleeping. Like they like people solve them and they're like, must sleep. <laughs> so but Rubik like, is just like awakened. so dumb. <laughs> He's like the dumbest Rubik. Wow. Yeah. I think this might be possible. Like like if Toy Story can happen. And all the toys in the world can keep this secret? Yeah. All Rubik's all Ru- cubes. All Rubik's cubes are alive. Are, yeah, they have like a resting soul of a deity inside of them when they were it. manufactured. But only the ones from the 1980. Only right. only the original manufactured ones. You and the magician Ru- Ru- happened Rubik- upon one that was dumb enough to follow his whims. <laughs> or maybe the magician made him dumb. That's what happened. That's what he did. He oh, it's made a it. binding spell. Yeah, he made that it. That makes him subservient. Yeah, so he has to listen. Okay, now I like it. Now <laughs> okay. it's good. Okay. Because Rubik, like, all he's concerned with all the time is, mm-hmm. like, Rubik, play. <laughs> and, like, Rubik, like, fine. Like, he's so the, the childish. Doctor, the magician gave him a lobotomy. <laughs> So but it's like it's like really brutal. It's like that's the scene in the pilot. It's him with like a like an ice pick and a little hammer. Like Rubik's like, no, please, I have sentience. I have a family. I'm going scalpel. Rubik. <laughs> because Rubik, he just has like the basis instincts. Like he sees on TV that a boulder is about to destroy an orphanage. <clears throat> And he's like, see, Lisa, other people have problems, too. And it's like, that's what you take away from the situation, Rubik? Yeah. That those children are going through something just like Somebody Lisa. else have problem, too, is Ugh. his exact line. And then his whole thing in the episode is that he wants to help the orphan kids 
who are repeatedly somebody's trying to destroy their in like a Scooby Doo style mm-hmm. villain scheme, trying to destroy the orphanage so that they can build something else there, like a big mall. They want to, yeah, they want to scare them away so they can expand the mall. Something they talk about, but there's literally no mall in sight at all ever. Like when they like show, th- they're like, "Here's the establishing shot of the child's home." There's right. not like an ever present like mall like sitting right next to it. No, that's true. There's just like a house, right? I mean, I just think it's funny that Rubik is so concerned with Lisa's feelings, does not seem to care about human life other than her th- his three masters. I mean, all of the dialogue in this is, like, written so ridiculously. Oh, it's great. Of, like, especially since Lisa talks to, like, an adult woman. Like, right. all of her lines are, like, I just love, yeah, have no fear, Sparky, my tied-up dog. I can't even, like critique her voice acting that much because this is how children sound when they're trying to play of like i feel like i have no fear sparky my tied up dog like they're just so extra right all the time she's like one of those kid actors who's like way too aware of what she's doing she's like way too aware that she's like in this scene i'm sad all right think about something really bad i feel so unimportant yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is an actual like or like the, the I think she her says brothers, that thirty times. Yeah, her brothers. Yeah, the whole the whole like the whole like moral of the story has to do with Lisa finding her self worth and who she is as a person. Like right. that's the whole like moral. And her brothers come in and tell her she's being too loud because she's playing, and she knocked Rubik into the fucking fishbowl, and. It's just so funny. Like, they, like, come in and they're like, shut up. Like, shut up. You're not important. Shut up. Fuck you. She goes, Rubik, I think I have a self-image problem. Oh, I forgot about that. It's so funny. It's like this seven-year-old is talking about how she has this fucking self-image problem. Yeah. And it's, like, it's like really hard to tell what in the show is supposed to be a joke and what we just think is funny because we have irony poisoning. Yeah. And we're just, like, watching it because it's ridiculous. Like... Is that in the joke in the show supposed to be like a joke for the adults? I don't know. This like, little- oh, this seven year old has self image problems and is like so cognizant of it. That's funny, right? Or is that just us? This little girl talks like the white, bougie, forty year old like self help author. Yeah, <laughs> she's <laughs> like read too many books. <laughs> she's read too many self help books. Mm-hmm. She keeps like reading her mom's like how to be a woman, like how to please your man <laughs> books. And like, right. <laughs> so the dynamics with her and her brothers, Carlos and Ronaldo. Yeah, it's fucked up. They're such shitheads in They're this episode. They're so mean to her. I, I had this kind of situation, like where I was like 14 and my sister was nine. If my younger sister had become a superhero and saved the orphanage from a falling boulder, I wouldn't have been like, uh, Sophie, go home and play with your dolls. <laughs> like her brothers are such shitheads. So mean. And their her. entire thing in the episode, like at the beginning, they're like, "Lisa, you need to shut the fuck up. Yeah. You're being annoying. You're, You're ruining our loud. lives." Blah blah blah. And then she goes out and she becomes a superhero. And they're like, "Lisa, you don't need to become a superhero for us to love you and to get affection from us. We love you anyway." And it's yeah. like. She wasn't a superhero at the beginning, and yeah. you're being a dick to her. It's like, where did where did all this love and affection come from, and why are you trying to deliver the moral of the episode five and a half minutes in? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I... They're such shitheads. They're so mean to her. And they're constantly, like, trying to protect her, which, like, yeah, okay, she's seven. She is Also, seven. she just picked up, a like, a four-ton boulder and threw it <laughs> 500 feet into the ocean and saved the children's home. And you guys were just, like, hanging out at home, like... 
oh, Lisa needs to stop doing this. She's going to get too much attention or something like that. Like, what is... What is their reasoning here? I don't know. That she's going to be in danger because they put her in danger. Like, she is powerless in the end, like, running away from these adult men because her brothers take away her powers. Yeah. I also... It's fucked up. I, we need to talk about, like, the news. Like, because they're watching the news. Right. Lisa's watching the news after she gets her, like, reprimanded by her brothers for wanting to be a superhero. And they're watching the news and like Rubik had that line where he's like, somebody else have problem too. And then they like find out that the orphanage. Do, do the voice. Somebody else have problem too. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's like how Justin Roiland would do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, somebody else. Why does a Justin Roiland voice Rubik? <laughs> Um, and then they watch it and like, they like establish, oh, like the boulder's going to fall on the orphanage, which by the way, why doesn't the orphanage have like insurance? It's an orphanage. Yeah, but they would have insurance. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's just a cartoon trope of like the underfunded orphanage. Yeah, so you'd think that they would get the insurance money back. I don't, I don't have that would be the, the ideal situation. Read. I don't know. Okay, I don't I'm know. just saying they would get the insurance money back. They could build a better home. They could afford better things, mm-hmm. and that's just how life works. So really, the villains are the good guys. They make sure that the children are out every time, except they well, want to. Except they no. want to turn the mall, the land. At, 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 at the end of the episode, they like don't care to check and see if the orphanage is empty. That's true. That's they're the just whole like, point. Their whole thing is that they constantly want to destroy the orphanage. So first they're going to drop a boulder, which Rubik says, this boulder's been up here for 5,000 years. It moved suddenly. And it's like, okay, how do you know that, Rubik? Number one, why do you have this information? Number He's two. an all-knowing <laughs> being number two don't build an orphanage underneath the giant boulder no it was way by the cliff to be fair yeah they they did move it they moved it a lot also which, they they br- they took machines right exactly they have big construction machines and they move this giant boulder which is the funniest to tip it off a cliff and it's like no one noticed where did, yeah where did the construction machines go that nobody noticed this I don't know. Nobody noticed that they took construction machines, took it up to a cliff above the orphanage, moved Mm. the boulder, then moved the construction machines. And now they're like, oh, my God, there's a boulder. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right. I want to play a clip that you pointed out to me. Yeah, it's like totally... the long and winding road. No, no, it's it's while my guitar gently weeps. Oh no, no, you're right. Sorry, I had that song stuck in my head this morning. This is literally while my guitar gently weeps. It's so funny. I love it. Also, this part. Screaming. screaming so realistically the guy's like no stop the boulder's gonna get this it's like, oh my no, god no, no i'm gonna die <laughs> yeah it's so funny i really need to mention after they watch like the news segment mm-hmm. after the reporter I love that tells we're them, still in the first three minutes because like, there's, there's so, so much, much. <laughs> it's incredible but just like she watches it and she goes oh no and then rubric goes see other children have worse problems right and i also hate okay first of all rubric just like they're starving children in africa this girl I'm just like your 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 time is invaluable. He's, like your um, sadness is not valid. He's Timothy Chalamet from Lady Bird. Lady Bird. <laughs> Where she's like, other people have worse problems. You ain't shit. Your sadness doesn't mean anything. Right? How disrespectful. Second, I hate when he breaks his like his like weird like there aren't really defined rules to like his shitty grammar. And so I hate right. when he like almost like makes it right because he just says, see, other children have worse problems. Right. And then sometimes he's like, Rubik, have lots of fun. Yeah. And then like other children have worse problems. And like that's almost right. And and that's more terrifying than when he said. So like I get why they made him sound like a child, because oh, if he sounded God. like grown adult and he was like other people have worse problems, Lisa. Like, yeah. if that was his voice, that would be f- fucking terrifying. I would rather he sound like a lobotomized gremlin. Fuck. He's such a little freak. I love him. <laughs> if if we had a Rubik's Cube, would you keep it assembled or would you keep it scrambled? Like, if we had it, we knew that it could do anything. We were like, we need to keep this away from the world so that it doesn't fall in the hands of evil. I would absolutely... Okay, but here's the thing. Because you can't give it to anybody. If it ends up in the hands of the government... Trump's going to have it. Here's the That's thing. Bad. We've established that when Rubik is scrambled, he can still scream. Oh, he <laughs> screams. Every, like in every, all three of the episodes, he gets scrambled at some point. He like falls down a well or something. And, and he's one, like. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, that's blood curdling. So we would either have to hear he would him have scream. To stay, stay solved all the time. If he was scrambled or we would have to put him in like a soundproof chest. And now you're just the wizard. And yeah, and now that's, that's why. That's what he did. He put it in a big box yeah. and he put it in the back of his Because cart. he was screaming. He had to put him in the chest because he wouldn't stop screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you do if you had the Rubik? Because his powers are unlimited. We it's see- terrifying to have him solved. It's terrifying to have him unsolved. I don't think you can win this. I mean, you can win it. This is an you can do a question. lot with this like this godlike little question. gremlin that does anything you want him to do. Can you ask him to turn himself into not a god? Can you wish away his sentience? <laughs> um. Can you tell him to stop the fucking screaming? The sentience of Rubik the Amazing Cube is such an enigma. <laughs> That's good though. Uh, I mean, you you infinity stone him. Yeah. <laughs> 
I used the cube to destroy the cube. <laughs> I wish the cube never existed. He's because nothing but atoms now. They established that he can like reverse time in this episode. Oh yeah. So he can do anything. I he mean, is in, unto a god. In in the first episode that I watched, he mm-hmm. made it snow oh, yeah. in Mexico. Like yeah. in the middle of Mexico desert. He's just like Rubik know what to do, and then he makes it snow, which is bad. Don't do that, Rubik. Yeah, I... Rubik is such a fucking freak. Yeah. Here's a question. Yeah. Where are these kids' parents? Is Rubik their dad? Is Rubik... Rubik is like their... That's that's what happened. It's the dad's soul. You think so? No, no. I I like our original idea. Lobotomized demigod. That's that's really good. (laughs) And he's constantly... he's He's like grooming these children to like infest their body so that he can like move to a new host when the when the situation arises yeah but who would want to be part of like a flesh body that's way more like you'd rather be the fragile i guess be the lobotomized that's true he might have like a better sentience if he like can't be i think think that's what he's doing he's like there's part of rubik in the back of his mind that's like constantly trying to like drive him towards getting into a new physical form okay I love when they like when she stops the boulder. Right, first five minutes still. Yeah, we're still in the first yeah. five minutes. Holy shit! There's so much. Are you um, talking about the real estate moguls? Yeah, the real estate moguls, specifically their line where they're like, "She saved the boulder like it was a poof." Yeah. And it was just- <laughs> <laughs> they talk like like nothing. They do not talk like human beings. No. But they do monologue. The whole thing with the villains in this episode is that they run a construction company. They want to demolish the orphanage to build a mall. They have twirly handlebar mustaches. (laughs) They have so many people. They have like five people on their team that are all just like, oh, yeah, flood the orphanage. Yeah. I don't don't care about the kids. Whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. I mean, you mentioned it when we were watching it. You were like, it looks like Rubik like pushes the boulder off of the cliff the way they edited it. Because he like (laughs) he like glows because he's giving Lisa her powers again. And then the boulder falls off the cliff and you're like, (laughs) Rubik did that. And then she catches it. (laughs) Yeah. So he set it up. Honestly, what a hero for him to like make her look like the winner in this situation Mm -hmm. where he makes her look great he knocks the boulder off so that she can catch it and save the orphanage i also fuck huh is that what he's doing no no that that might be what's happening no because are you sure they have the landfill creating an imminent like like if she grabbed the boulder before it fell and moved it everybody'd be like oh cool she did it that's But like the boulder falls he's really adding drama catches it and throws it in the ocean yeah he's just like He's just escalating the situation. He's just a theatrical little shit. Yeah, he loves it. Yeah, maybe. I wanted to mention that she's signing autographs Mm -hmm. for for Power Girl. She is a seven-year-old kid. Those fucking autographs are just like Lisa written in like purple (laughs) crayon. (laughs) Like backwards and upside. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, what the fuck? Fuck. Like she has no <laughs> idea how to spell Power Girl, so she just writes her own name. The police have like a big like they have all the autographs and like photo like blurry photos of her, like and like news footage, stuff like that. And they're like, who could it be? Handwriting analysis. There's nothing on the books. It's like a little like Lisa with a little smiley face, like a little drawing of Rubik next to it, because she doesn't know she's not supposed to talk about oh, that. Oh my god. <laughs> I love that she like comes down, she's signing autographs, and then they like walk over 
like her her siblings who get there very quickly somehow and like take her away and then the reporter lady as soon as they like slowly carry her off screen goes that happened so fast yeah. i i don't understand i swear i saw I don't power even know girl what happened. power like, girl was sitting there signing autographs signing- for 20 fucking minutes while her brothers walked over <laughs> Like, oh my, like they just suddenly get fucking dementia. Yeah, they have so much news footage of Power Girl. And she's like, <laughs> that happened so fast. I don't know what it was. And then the guy who runs the orphanage is like, it can't have been Power Girl. I bet it was a gust of wind or a miracle. And she says, I'd better report the wind or else I'm going to lose my job. Yeah. So this is like some of that classic Christian persecution, I think. Yeah, like which that, has been that, that apparently guy, happening since the 80s. Yeah, like that guy is like, Jesus saved us. And she's like, I better not say it was Jesus or else I'm going to lose my job as a reporter. It's like you have news footage of Power Girl saving the day. <laughs> and when I first watched it, I thought she was implying that if she like said that Supergirl or Power Girl oh. saved it, that she would lose her job. Right. And then no, I no, listened to it. If she reported that it was Jesus that saved the day, she and would not lose her a gust job. of wind. Because America hates Jesus so much, does not want a story about God saving the orphanage. No, it was Jesus. It was specifically God's son, Jesus. The, the news can't even report that Jesus saved the orphanage anymore. No, honestly, the disrespect. America. This is censorship. Um, yeah, America. <laughs> Fox News is a good thing. I love that they're critiquing fucking this. But we don't know. We don't know. They could have been talking about, like, we can't report that it's Power Girls. So no, no. It was absolutely, you were yeah. absolutely right. I, it's insane. It is absolutely um, like them complaining about Christian persecution. because, And it's like, yeah. who the fuck is the showrunner? Who is writing the script for this? They were so mad. There I mean, was, something must have happened really recently. <laughs> and they're like, fuck this. I'm going to write this into Rubik the Amazing Cube. This is horse shit. I mean, also, everybody in this show blames everything on the wind. Yeah. They're like, oh, maybe it was the wind that moved the boulder. And then later on... It when- was the wind that made time reverse and not destroy the orphanage. No, no, no. Yeah. It was wind that made Power Girl do something. Right. Yeah. Later on, when like she does some heroic feat, like the villains are like, oh, what was that? It was probably the wind. It's like, <laughs> why are you constantly blaming the wind for all of your problems? Like somebody like has like is like indicted for tax fraud and they're like... Oh, it was the it, wind. It was the wind. The wind, I think the wind did the, it. The wind did the tax the wind fraud. Took my taxes away. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Oh, I just this whole fucking. I have so many notes. I'm like sitting here like scrolling through all of the things. Also, it was really funny because I was high when I wrote when we were watching this the first right. time. So all of my notes, all of my notes are so funny because like when I wrote when I was talking about like Rubik like. Starving children, Africa, and Lisa. I right. wrote bullshit. What the fuck? Damn. Way to tell a child their sadness is meaningless. You absolute gremlin. Fuck. <laughs> Rubik is slowly learning morality from these kids. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're doing an okay job. They're like, all right, let's save the orphanage. They're not like Rubik. Give me a million bucks. That's she true. wants superpowers so she can save the orphanage. Well, the kids no. have. In- well, she wants superpowers so that she can. Prove to her brothers. Yeah. She wants superpowers so that she can prove to her brothers that being a superhero is a good thing. And she her self-worth is wrapped up in her idea that she needs to be a superhero. Right. And then at the end of the episode, she has Rubik turn her back into her normal clothes and is like, see, like I can be myself and be happy. I'm normal now. I don't have to pretend anymore. Yeah. I'm seven. <laughs> I don't have to play pretend anymore because my brothers are hanging out adult. with me. Her brothers are in the other room together and yeah. she's in her room playing with well, the dog. Well, because you have to separate the genders. Yeah. 
Yeah. They have to have separate rooms. Fucking gender dynamics in the show. Like, okay. They take away Lisa's powers. Her brothers are like, Rubik, take away her powers. And then they all decide to go investigate the bad guys. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they do go to the police. Yeah. They do the right thing. They go to the police. The police are on the take. Is that like, the right thing? The guy. Go- <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck cop. No cops at pride. <laughs> like, like when they go to the police station, the guy there is like, kids, active imaginations. I'll call your parents. And it's like, this guy's on the take. And then they like he's, freak he's out because they whole- don't have parents. That's why they freak out and like run away. Oh. Yeah. It's because they don't have parents. Rubik is their dad. Oh my God. Imagine the episode where they have to pretend to have parents and they're like, Rubik, turn into our dad. And then he's like, he's like walking around in like, like a sweater with like a, like a collar. And he's like, "Mm, yes, these are my children. These are children. (laughs) And the police officer is like, "Mm, yes, a a good father. (laughs) Look at him playing with his kids. This is what dads are like. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) He's just like a human body with Rubik's cube hands and face. Oh, oh my god Ruben. I also love I love when they're like talking about Lisa or like the brothers are telling her that she can't have superpowers mm-hmm. and they're like you can't have superpowers people would talk and that's the funniest that fucking mean? line that's like what my homophobic grandma would say about me coming out right <laughs> like you can't have a girlfriend people would talk <laughs> and it's like this fucking like 14 year old boy saying people would talk what the fuck are you talking about i mean also it doesn't they don't ever like create a situation where they're like lisa shouldn't have superpowers there's not a situation where she like tries to save the day and fucks up there's not a situation where she like does the wrong thing she has a perfect moral compass Mm -hmm. except when she ties up the dog except for intentions no, yeah, Her yeah, I, I understand are flawed. that. But like Superman has that same thing. Yeah. Like Superman just wants love and adoration and he does Superman stuff you know because what? of that. That's fair. Lisa's basically Superman and deserves everything. Yeah. Yeah, she deserves those superpowers. So anyway, they take away her powers and they literally do say, they're like, maybe you should go play with your dolls while we solve the case. Literally. And then she's like, play with your dolls. Like, I'll show you she becomes a super villain. Like, I. <laughs> so creating situations that she has to save the day from. Well, she, like, runs and, like, she keeps repeating over and over, like, I'll just do it without my powers then. Well, I'll just do it without my powers. Yeah, she's still dressed like, as Power Girl. So everybody yeah. thinks that she has superpowers and she's, like, intimidating yeah. all of these people. Yeah. Right. Because, like, they go to the cops. And that doesn't work out. So then they go investigate the tycoons. They like, because cause, um, Rubik, Rubik knows that it's not an accident. That's right. Rubik knows, but he doesn't tell them until like way later. Yeah. When like they're 45 like, minutes they're like, later, you could have like, been hurt in this accident. He's like, that was no accident, my children. Let me tell you the truth of the situation. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> Professor X from the X-Men. <laughs> and like takes them up there and is like, see, this boulder is 5,000 years old. And she's like, well, I'm seven, which is the funniest fucking line in TV history. That she's like, well, I'm fucking seven. What's the point, dumbass? I don't get it. <laughs> tell me. What, what are you talking about? Oh, it's so stupid. And then they go to the cops. The cops are like, ha, fuck you, dumbasses. You're, you're two. You're two years Again, old. Get are, out of here. These are dirty cops. This man is on the take from the construction company. He's part of the whole thing. No. He I must think, be. No. He must be. No, I think he's just dumb. He means well. He's a, he does he's not a mean well. cop. No, he doesn't mean well. He's a bad cop. They try and file a police report against somebody who's like 
committing I don't know the terminology. They're they're doing some Scooby Doo shit. Well, they're doing And he's like and he's like, You want me to call your parents in here? And it's like destruction of property. Absolutely destruction of property. And then But it's it's also it's also like weird shady business shit. Trying to like undervalue a property so that you can buy it cheap and make a mall there. That's like weird business shit. Yeah, that's that's what you go to jail for thirty years for. Yeah. Of like fraud. Yeah. Well, unless you're rich and then you go to a nice jail for two years. Yeah. So then they go and see them talking about their next plan, their next plot, which is they're going to put a bunch of water. They're going to hook up a hose that somehow travels all the way up to the top of the cliff and soften the cliff and then create a landslide to crush the the orphanage. And then they specific. uh, Okay. And then they're like. (laughs) Trouble on the side. What is love? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the fuck you're singing. And I What's saw your reflection. What's that from? <laughs> go ahead. Um, and then like go to the tycoon and the tycoon's like, we're going to do this and it's going to happen so fast that they won't have time to call anyone. Not giving a flying fuck that the children like won't be outside. They're just going to fully right. crush the home. Their, their whole thing we learn later is that they tell the kids, hey, go have a beach day. Even though they do it in the middle of the night. One, you're doing in the middle of the night. Okay, whatever. Two, I think that the orphanage man... I forgot man, about the beach day. I think the orphanage man says the construction company is paying for us to have a beach day. <clears throat> they live literally next to the beach. What the ever-loving <laughs> fuck is he talking about? they were out of the about? house. That makes sense. They, were, makes they sense. were out of the house. That man didn't believe it. That man was like, we're going to stay in the house, and the kids had to convince him to leave because they were about to be destroyed. Okay. I could not figure out for the life of me why at the end of the... Sh- like, and after they reversed the landslide... Right. Like, the, all of the people are just outside. Because Lisa like, told them about everything okay. that was going to happen. And okay. the kids formed a rebellion and went outside. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, that I mean, makes honestly, the man I forgot who owns that that the happened. orphanage should have I feel like died. I black out every time like, I watch he, this. He should have gone down with the Titanic. That <laughs> should have been his moment of like, I don't believe it. I don't believe in Power Girl. I believe in God. And then he gets destroyed <laughs> by a fucking avalanche. Oh, my God. <laughs> This show. It's so good. This show. And it's then, so good. So so they like they see the tycoon's plan. Right. They're sitting outside the window talking at really the volume loudly. that we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> like the reason that the men see them sitting outside the window is because Lisa's like, well, if I was power girl, I could solve this situation. And they're like, hey, who is that? They're like, what the fuck? Why are there some kids here? What the fuck? Did Wait, you close the window? Girl. We saw her earlier. <laughs> yeah. And then like. The brothers are concerned about getting Lisa out of there, but not they're not scared for their own life. They're just right, like, we right. have to protect our they're seven-year-old like, sister. Right. They're like, Rubik, get Lisa out of here. We're going to run away on foot. It's like we see so many times that Rubik can just pick all of them up and fly away. Rubik could erase the memories of the men. Also, he, he could squish them flat. <laughs> he could do anything he wants. He could fucking do anything he wants. We've seen it. A thousand times. He makes a snow in Mexico. He can't do anything about the situation. He puts them. He puts her on top of a crane. He like picks her up and puts her on top of a crane like 200 feet in the air. Like that. That seems unsafe. And then she's like, I'm ready to go. I'm going to fight him. I'm going to fuck him up without my powers. I'm going to go. I'm raring to go. powers back. <laughs> Why not just fucking put him in like a big like crystal case. Like what you can do anything you want, Rubik. You can teleport them to Mars. No. He doesn't do any of that. No. He's so fucking dumb. And so so then they like try to go investigate it on their own. And yeah. Lisa's like, fuck you, I'm gonna do my own thing. And like shows up and tries to beat up the the dudes. 
Well, because she, she doesn't have her powers. She tries to intimidate them without her powers. Yeah. Which at first works. Like she like comes in and these big huge guys are like, oh, it's power girl. And they're like ready to run away. She like tries to bend a bar for some reason. Doesn't work. And then she goes, it's okay. I don't believe in the destruction of property. And then throws it behind her. Right. She still throws it. You fuckhead. The men start to run away from her. Yeah. That's it. You're going to save the orphanage. They're just done. They're ready to run away. They don't want to deal with Power Girl. Yeah, just run and away. And then she tries you, to chase after them and She should have just like dismantled their operation when they ran away. Yeah, she run, so runs after them, pretends to fly, jumps in a fucking mud puddle like a dump. Like she could have ran around the mud puddle, but no, she has to jump over it and lands in it. Right. And then is like, oh no, my mom is going to find out. And they're like, they have that line, that iconic line of... That's not Power Girl. That's just a little girl. And it's like you didn't notice when she was fucking three seven that she was a little girl. You didn't notice that she was very very she small. Talks like a little girl. She's and, got like pigtails. And she's tiny. Well, Power well, Girl well, has pigtails. Cap on her head. She she's just giant wearing a t-shirt. She's wearing a t-shirt that says "I'm seven. <laughs> <laughs> Size two shoes. And everyone's like, "Wow, Power Girl, this adult woman." Oh, yeah, so stupid. and so so then the brothers have to show up to save her. They they don't just show up. They levitate Rubik it on bikes. them. A la <laughs> ET. This is a year after ET, so definitely ripping off yeah. ET. He flies them on their bikes over to the construction site into the storm. It threw a storm for some reason, and then they're all wet. Why doesn't he just teleport them? He can literally do anything. I saw him grow to be like. Eight feet tall and eight feet wide in the last episode I watched and then pull a sleigh behind him. I don't know. He can do anything. And yeah. he decides to pay homage to his favorite movie, E.T. He loves E.T. He, he loves He it. sees E.T. in himself and wants to be free. Maybe Rubik is an alien. <laughs> no, Came to Earth. Indeed. The first thing he saw was a Rubik's Cube. Assimilated the form. Uh-huh. And he wants to go home. And so he's trying, he's trying through subliminal messaging. He's trying, no, he's trying, no. He's trying through subliminal messaging to like tell the kids to free him from this form. Right. They they know the words they're supposed to say and they never say them. Yeah. So he's like having them do like ET. He's like making ET references and like puts, like summons bikes and is like trying to like convince them. It's my favorite movie. (laughs) He like every time they leave the room, they like come back in and like ET's on the TV and he's just like looking at them. He's like, free me. <laughs> They're like, Rubik, do you want to go back in your box again? He's like, no, no, I'll, I'll do it. Don't do it. Do you want us to unsolve you? <laughs> That's- <laughs> the bad guys hit Rubik. He goes down a well. He gets all jumbled up. They okay. tie up the kids and put, or they don't tie him up. They just put him in a shed. It is, no, it is the funniest fucking shot of these two guys. Like, are you ready? And then they throw the best best aim they throw a tire the mm-hmm. tire hits rubik he right. un he unsolves falls down a well and then it cuts to the kids that now have the tire around them so he they managed in one throw to hit rubik knock him down a well and then also capture the kids all three of them he's together. just really good at that ring toss game at the fair <laughs> he's practiced so much he's like i was a carney for 12 years <laughs> This is my moment. This is what I was made for. (laughs) (laughs) I've trained my whole life to have the most perfect throw. Like, whatever. They go over. They save Rubik out of the well. They throw a tire. They they take the tire. They throw it at the door, and it 
busts the door instead of bouncing off and knocking them in the fucking face. I don't know why I'm arguing about physics in this when Rubik exists, right. but you know, here we are. After they pull out and solve Rubik, and Rubik goes, Lisa still has problems. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's the thing. He does it like three or four times in the episode where he frames the destruction of the orphanage. Yeah. As Lisa's problems. As Lisa's as, problems. Yeah. Lisa still has problems. Yeah. The whole moral at the end of the episode is that she's like, one more thing, Rubik, take away my powers. And it's like, wh- why? Yeah. And also, like, her brothers it's just hate what? her being a superhero so much. The The lesson should be that the brothers need to be nicer to their little sister. Rubik can reverse time. So the AIDS crisis, Rubik's fault. Well, the AIDS crisis started before. He can just get rid of AIDS. <laughs> He can just do it. He can get rid of AIDS. He can get He's rid homophobic. of cancer. So whatever. Rubik reverses time. <laughs> saves Rubik the orphanage. reverses time. It's so he wild. the ability to reverse time. It's so wild. What are the rules of his existence? I just don't understand. They give him too much power in the show. Like way too much power. I just saw like- something that you need to see. This is important. You don't have to come over here. I'll show you. Okay. Um... Also, I don't like, know how people are going to find this, but it is, it's very good. Can you describe for the listeners what you're seeing right now, Reed? Um, I'm seeing, there's, there's Rubik. And you got Rubik's Sparky, there, and Sparky, and Carlos and Ronaldo as well. Carlos, Carlos and Ronaldo. And Power Girl. And Lisa as Power Girl, except she's fucking jacked. She is, like, she, she has rippling quads pecs biceps abs she triceps but she has a, a little child's face have you seen batman and robin the george clooney film anytime recently because mm. she looks like bane she looks like <laughs> jeep swenson as bane but like more venomed out what do you think the merch is like for for rubik do oh you think it doesn't this exist is... like if there was a shirt for rubik the amazing cube i would certainly buy it <clears throat> i'm gonna no i can't promise that i never made the turbo Teen shirt i mean the merch is rubik Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's true. That's fair. The merch is like the Rubik's cube. That was the one thing that they were trying to sell. Do you think on boxes? Do you think on boxes they had like Rubik's little face? Do you think they did that as like a really short marketing campaign? As they would have like Rubik? Do you think that exists? I have no idea, Reed. I need to know. To wrap up the show, let's get into it. Who would you choose? If we were going to recast and make our own Rubik the Amazing Cube, who would you choose as the voice of Rubik in the modern day? Obviously, Justin Roiland. We already talked about this. That's, it would obviously be one. Justin Roiland. And Justin Roiland would be suffering and in pain the entire episode. And then, like, um, the Patrick girl Stewart who plays... was a good idea. <laughs> the, the girl who plays um, Mabel. Oh, Kristen Shaw. Oh, that'd be so cute. I would love that. I want it to be like Tiffany Haydish. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck. I don't know any voice actors ever. It doesn't even have to be a voice actor. It could be a celebrity. You can get literally, if you want Seth Rogen, you get Seth Rogen. No. No Seth Rogen. Absolutely not. What? Seth Rogen can play Rubik? No. Oh, what is his name? Frankenfurter. Tim Curry to voice Rubik in mm-hmm. the reboot, in the 
Rubik reboot that we're definitely doing now, except it's going to be in 3D. It's going to be CGI. Yeah, it's going to be CGI. Yeah. It's going to be a movie. Yes. That's the thing. Okay. So, so marketable names. Patrick Stewart, I like. I like the idea of making a woman. As Rubik. Listen, it's not 3D, okay? It is a live action film. Uh huh. Rubik is CGI. Okay. Or. Uh, And then it looks like it's from 2007. (laughs) Yeah. Because it doesn't have a budget. Yeah. No, no, no. Big budget. Big budget. This is a $90 million Sony. Ooh, except he has has human legs like Sonic. Oh, he's sort of ripped. (laughs) Okay, I like that. I like that. And the face, the face is just whatever actor we get. So if it's Will Smith, it's going to be like Will Smith's face on a Rubik cube. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. So this is fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. We both highly recommend it. I love it. I loved watching it. I loved watching it high. I loved watching it in general. Yeah. Um, I love to watch it on a train. I love, I love to watch it in the rain. I love to watch, love it, to watch it on a it plane. On a boat. Yeah. I love to watch it in a moat. Yeah. As I'm drowning mm-hmm. and dying because I just watched Wishing the for, Amazing Cube. Praying for Wishing death. for sweet. The Thanks sweet so much for coming on the show this week, Reed. <laughs> Thanks. Where can people find you online? Shovel Ashley at Twitter. Cool. Follow my Twitter. I also have an Instagram. It's the same thing. Awesome. And I'm on Twitter at StopTweetingMia. If you guys want to check out all the other shows on the network, go check out SansPantsRadio.com. It's great. Yeah. Thank you for having me watch Rubik. Thank you for having me in our living room, you say. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me here to, to our living room. <laughs> you got to go to work. Yeah, bye. I'll see you later, Reed. I have bye. to be to work. <laughs> I love you. This thing's impossible. I can do it. No, you can't. No one can. It's bullshit. No, I'm pretty sure I can do it. No, you can't. Let me see it. Give it here. Oh, yeah. oh, wow, you, you uh, really messed it up. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 